step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This episode may contain strong language, nudity, and dated pop culture references. Parental discretion is advised. From the audio box in Meltdown Comics, it's two packs with me, Jeffrey Golden. <sighs> Welcome to Two Packs, the trading card comedy show, where I open up packs of weird, retro, toontastic trading cards with a funny friend. This week, I'm joined by a terrific comics writer and editor who's worked with Tokyo Pop, Boom Studios, Blizzard Entertainment. He's best known as the writer behind Darkwing Duck Comics for Joe Books. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Sparrow. Thank you. Thank a- you very much. Aaron, welcome to Two Packs. Hey, I'm excited. I hear this is the first time you've done a podcast face-to-face. Normally, you're on Skype. Yes, that's absolutely right. This is the first time I've sat down in front of a microphone with the headset on. Well, let it me, all feels very official. Let me give you a in-person handshake there. Right Welc- on. Welcome. <laughs> let me ask you this. You're a big Disney fan. Am I wrong in uh, making that assessment? No, no, you are, uh, you are absolutely <laughs> correct. But Disney, what's, that's Di- the one with Bugs Bunny, right? Oh, yeah, no. oh, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah, the Space no. Jam one. Yeah, I love that. Carl Malone and and, the, uh, and, and uh, Woody Woodpecker, is that the That's the Space one. Space Jam, yeah. Yeah, Woody Woodpecker <laughs> replaced John Stein. Stockton <laughs> and John Stockton was super pissed. He was like, I thought I was in this movie. Yeah, like, would... You're the stand-in for Woody Woodpecker, we're John just, Stockton. Woody Woodpecker's very busy. We're just we're basically just gonna CG him over you. Please just wear this suit covered in reflective goo. <laughs> oh, I have an expensive day rate. <laughs> so uh what is it about Disney? Why do you think there's some of us nerds? Because I respond to Disney too. Because we're not you look at us, we don't look like the typical what you would think of as a Disney fan, right? I think if you were thinking, what was a Disney fan? You might no, think we of look like, like a little, we look like we're in line at the soup kitchen. Is what right? we look like. Yeah, a couple of bearded <laughs> guys with ratty t-shirts. And, you know what the hell? What do you think it is about Disney that appeals to older gentlemen like ourselves? <laughs> older gentlemen, older wow. gentlemen, right? Mm, Aren't very, we? Now I want my monocle and a, mm-hmm. and a pipe. They just do such beautiful work. I think as a kid, I was just very drawn to all the Disney films that were out of the time. I mean, I used to watch The Rescuers. That was everything that was on VHS when you were a kid and your parents wanted you to shut up. They'd stick a DVD, well, videotape for (laughs) really old people. Betamax. (laughs) Did you have Betamax? No, we didn't have Betamax. Nobody really had Betamax. No, just a couple people had Betamax and they would tell you how much better it was. Right. So much better. (laughs) Laserdisc. That was a thing. For the ultimate. I remember my friend had a Laserdisc. We're immediately getting off topic, but my friend had a Laserdisc of one of the Star Wars films. And I remember (laughs) you had to turn it over at some point. I know, which is 
so weird to think of a movie like a record. But in the old days, movies did have intermissions. You'd say, this is the time. Let's I'm, all go to the lobby. lobby. Yeah. <laughs> I remember singing Lawrence of Arabia in theaters as obviously a revival. I'm not that old. But <laughs> was that a talkie? One of the first talkies that you first, saw? <laughs> yeah, it was one of the first ones. It was pretty cool. And there's an intermission. And I have never seen a longer line for drinks than I had during the intermission for Lawrence of Arabia. It was during the summer. It was hot outside. It was brutally hot in that theater. And watching that film, you just a line around the block for Pepsi, you know. So it's kind of like if you're at a WWE event and there's a Baron Corbin match going on. Everybody's <laughs> oh. out of the concession stand. Oh, I'm throwing oh, shade at Baron Corbin. No, oh. I love it. You're right. <laughs> I don't know why he's currently in the main event picture on SmackDown, but that is for another time. We could talk about wrestling all day, I assume. Gotta get that title on him while he still has hair. I am going to transition this. Right? <laughs> We're talking about laser discs. Mm-hmm. You remember that the laser disc for Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the reason that all the controversy started with Disney films inserting things into the animation. Little jokes you could see Jessica Rabbit wasn't wearing underwear in one scene. So it was some pretty crazy stuff. I've never actually never seen that. I've heard that rumor that film legend that uh, that that scene is there, but I've never actually seen it. Well, it's out there <laughs> on the internet. And speaking of which, I'm sure we're going to get a Jessica Rabbit's Bear Vagina trading card in this pack of Who Framed Roger Rabbit trading cards from Topps 1987. That is our first pack here. We've got a nice little picture of Roger Rabbit. He's very excited. I'm excited. Would you describe He's... yourself as excited as Roger Rabbit he is? He is channeling me. <laughs> <laughs> we also have from Lime Rock... I've never heard of this. We've done a number of episodes of this show. I've never opened up a pack from Lime Rock. I've never heard of them. I used to work in a comic store and sell cards. That's crazy. Well, this is the Worst from Mad trading cards, and there are Alfred E. Newman holograms. (laughs) So what? Me not worried that there will be Alfred E. Newman (laughs) holograms. see what you did there. Thank you. And that is from 1992. So, Aaron, you are the guest today. You get to decide which pack do you want to open. I mean, I love Mad Magazine. But being a Disney guy, I'm going to say Roger Rabbit. I think you are right. Is there to do gum so. in this? There oh. is gum in this. I'm going to kick us off with the worst from Mad. Let's see what we got inside. To Let's here. see what Lime Rock Productions was bringing to the table. I know. <laughs> Hopefully, something good. Lime Rock. Well, no, if it's really good, then it's going to be sad that they're out of business. You know, be like, maybe oh. they're still in business. They just do weird licenses. I mean, Mad is kind of a weird license for trading cards. Maybe are the can... kids today still into trading cards? Uh, that's a great question. I think they are because you go to Target, I see a huge wall of trading cards. Pokemon is still huge, I think. I never see kids there, though. I see like 40-year-old dudes. In those sections? Yeah, standing there. Should I buy this magic set? I don't know. For those of you who weren't familiar with this, which is probably everybody because I didn't even know that these existed. They're basically recreations of covers. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. These are classic Mad Magazine covers is what it looks like, which I'm cool with. Oh, I see. On the other side, it's also reprints of some comics and things like that. Oh, yeah. There we go. I'll kick us off here. I've got one. This is a cover from October 78. One thing that's interesting is that I guess Mad's trim size must have changed over the years because look how much blank space there is at the top of this card. They cropped the hell out of mine. Oh, yeah. And that's a, <laughs> that's, that's number one. That's yeah, that's number, number one. one. Yeah, that's a classic cover. This is October 78, and we're in a shower in a men's stall, and Alfred E. Newman is showering. We can tell it's him from his hair, and he's to the back. Everybody's to the back. The two guys, the left and the right, are super tan, 
but their butts are bright white. <laughs> so they're tan lines, right? And they're looking aghast at Alfred E. Newman, whose tan line is exactly the opposite. <laughs> He's super white, but his butt is super tan. Are there bare butts on that cover? Yeah, there's two bare the butts. Three bare butts, 1970. Well, remember, at that time, National Lampoon was humor magazine king, so Mad was ah, trying true. to keep up with the Vietnamese baby book and all those. <laughs> But what do you think? That, so so does this mean that Alfred E. Newman has a special tanning method where he can only tan his butt and his He's penis? He's got like thigh-high socks and wears a full sweater, I guess, when he goes sunbathing. Yeah. Boy, that would be weird. I almost kind of wish we had seen that cover instead <laughs> where it's just him sunbathing. with. That should have been like the cool. back cover. You should have been able to turn it over <laughs> and get the other side of the story there. On the back of this, this is clearly half of a mad fold-in, which is very strange because who wants this? Supposed to fold your trading card? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Nobody wants to fold a trading card. That's bad news. But it's the hospital scene. But I can't tell you what the joke is supposed to be because I don't have the other half of it. (laughs) Maybe if you had the full set. Yeah, that's what they want me to do. I'm not going to do it. Let's see. Now we got to go out and find some more Lime Rock Productions packs (laughs) of Mad Cards. I have got a cover from Mad Number 43, December of... 58? 58? No, that can't be right. December. What number is that? Well, you can just look down here. Oh. December 58. Oh, okay. Dece- like oh, that it. is. It is December 1958. So, so Aaron wow. is straining to look at the tiny type on the actual <laughs> cover image, but they do, they pop they do it pop out it, and it on they the pop it out, which is nice. I mean, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, you because know. if you said that he's, it's Alfred E. Newman and he's a scarecrow and he's covered in animals and I don't quite get what the joke is. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just him as a scarecrow, I guess. Well, he is a scarecrow. He's but it's not being... just crows. He's... Oh, all kinds of... Penguin on the cover, too. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing here. Maybe this is supposed to be like a Wizard of Oz parody or something? It, it came out like in 58. What was going on in 58? What was 1958 Zitgeist? Was it, was it, it McCarthyism? I don't uh, yeah. know what, what this is supposed to represent. It's uh, All right. Okay, so classic we got that. Guest, and then classic Scarecrow Newman here. On the back, there's the Exquisite Execution Experiment, which is a cartoon about executing a man in a giant microwave. So there's that. So microwave technology was brand new, I guess. What's going on here? Okay. <laughs> oh, this is Duck Edwing, one of the classic mad guys. Like that was 70s-y, his name. Se- He's a very 70s-y style. All cartoon comic strip characters in the 1970s, like Ziggy, they have these yeah. giant noses and very thin line art. A little bit wavy sometimes. Just everybody who was drawing in the 70s was a little <laughs> bit inebriated. Yeah, but, and they probably were. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, yeah, that you are 100% right. It's a comic where the punchline is that the person being executed is being executed in a giant microwave. I guess microwaves were just coming out, so the idea of using a microwave was novel. Fun way to execute. Fun way to execute. Yeah, fun and, and convenient. I've got one here. It's from February 58. So we've got same year. February 50th, same year. A great year for bad, I guess. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, yeah. Let's say. We have a picture of old man 1957. He's got a gray beard and sickle and, and a robe. And he's being passed on roller skates by a baby Alfred E. Newman who represents 1959. I guess the card is implying, fuck 1958. Yeah, like 58's just... <laughs> who needs What was 58? going on in January of 58 that by February they were already done with it? That's very funny. I guess just 58 was a bad year. <laughs> but they Maybe knew it. They the knew 20... it so soon. Maybe it was the 2016 of the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's try reading this comic here. So we're in an office. There is a secretary, and she is wearing a dotted sweater. She's got a little call headset. And then there's a gentleman in a striped shirt with a beard and glasses who is talking with her. And this is the lighter side of the office. Ah, Dave Berg. Oh, yeah, you got to get that Berg. I love that Berg. I will read as the lady. You could read as the gentleman. Okay. Bill, there's a subscriber on the phone. He claims the subscription coupon states, money returned if not satisfied. Yes, Gloria, that's perfectly true. He says he wants his money back. He can't have it. That statement pertains to me, and I'm perfectly satisfied with his money. Yeah. Oh, oh Dave Berg. Yeah. You, you were a national treasure. You were. Let me ask you this. You're a comics editor. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to run Mad Magazine? What would you do with Mad Magazine? Oh, I feel editor like I'd fit Man. in with the usual gang of idiots. I feel like that's, <laughs> that pretty much describes my career path. Gosh, I don't know. You know, it's like I haven't read Mad in probably 20 years. years. <laughs> yeah, 400 years. Like, no, years. I remember buying it every month when I was a kid, yeah, like when me, I was 10 up to, you know, me too. probably 16. Here's my thing with Matt. I have thought about this. Okay, so in the original Matt, the Kurtzman era of Matt, it's comics. It's all comics, right? It's a super duper man. I'd and resurrect Don Martin. That's you'd, what resur- you'd resurrect the, the, yes. the dead. Yeah. I like the idea that your editorial meetings are just... Hey, clone, how do we clone how the... Do we uh... clone these <laughs> I think you got to do the opposite. I think the problem with, with Mad right now is that it's neither the future or the past. It's sort of stuck in sort of like weird middle ground. Okay, so I was going to Do they have say, a copy of Mad here at Meltdown? We should go through one and... Yeah, probably. <laughs> that the, seems like a lot to do. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so you've got... In the early era, it's just comics. It's a straight comic book, right? With just parody. Mm-hmm. And then they reinvented in the 60s as a parody of magazines. Mm-hmm. And Mad was meant to mimic what popular magazines were like at the time. The problem is, Mad doesn't look like any magazine on the stands today except for Mad Magazine. <laughs> well, nobody reads magazines anymore. Well, right, but they do continue to exist. And oddly enough, print oddly is enough, still a thing. I think you got to make Mad look like what it's supposed to be, which is a parody of other magazines. And they look a lot slicker than Mad looks. To me, it's like a weird jumble of things. It's like, well, we've still got guys who have been working here since for 30, 40 years. This is supposed to be a satirical, you know, topical, topical kind of. magazine. It's not necessarily great to have your main contributors all be in their 80s. Well, I remember yeah. when, I, even when I was a kid, I'd read The Lighter Side, and God, it's going to sound like I'm bashing Dave Berg, but <laughs> I'm, I'm really not because, you know, I did enjoy it. He named a character Kaputnik. Come on, that's genius. <laughs> but I remember as a kid, I would read it and I'd be like, who wears clothes like this? Right. <laughs> and I think at one point somebody wrote into Mad and said, why does Dave Berg draw everybody like they're still in the 60s? <laughs> and if I recall correctly, Mad's response was that his apartment was right next to a thrift store. And so that was all the clothing that he was exposed to on a I daily see. basis because cartoonists don't go outside. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer. It's a good answer. What's your last card there? My last card is the cover of Mad Magazine number one, hey. which in a break from what they've apparently done on all the other cards, they did not put a little header down at the bottom that gives the publication You date. should know that. I should, they, they but should, I've forgotten so many things. Well, no, they're just expecting the purchaser of this card to know what Mad Number 1 looks like. Yeah, October, November 1952 was 52. number one. 
and it's got a cover of some people. It looks like they're maybe in an old castle, mm-hmm. and the parents are screaming. The man's saying, that thing, that slithering blob coming toward us. Yeah. <laughs> and the woman's saying, what is it? That's my woman voice. And then there's a little it's higher kid. higher pitched, I guess. Yes, yeah. just the same voice, just a little bit higher. And then the little kid is saying, it's Melvin. And I don't know what, I mean, I know who Melvin was. But... Sure. <laughs> Melvin. It's a funny sounding name. Yes. That's, I think, where we're going. Yeah. This, yeah. Oh, no, not Melvin. Uh, <laughs> and that was the height of humor in 1952 that you could get away with. <laughs> but listen. We'll be right back as we go to downtown Toontown for a little bit of adventure. Stick around. Please <laughs> open up that pack of Roger Rabbit trading cards, Aaron. Oh my goodness! I see what you did there too. <laughs> oh my god! And you know what? Look at like the first. Oh my. The, okay, first of all, the gum in this yeah, package has disintegrated into uh, like a, a powder look. and some delicious shards. Yeah. So sharding is very common. <laughs> oh yeah, this is some little shards of gum. I tell you, don't eat the gum. Don't eat the gum. Well, look, that first back of the card looks like he's saying, please. Oh, that is definitely a please face. Why don't you kick us off here? All right. I'm going to save the best for last. My first card is Judge Doom, played, of course, by Christopher Lloyd. Oh, it's one of his great performances. This is, by the way, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? If it's not my favorite movie, it's certainly one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my. Easily. It's definitely in my top ten. Yeah, no. and, it's, and it's in my top three for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I love this movie so much. I got in trouble for seeing this movie when I was a kid. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. I had a friend, Mike Watson, who has passed on now, but he actually passed on when we were in high school. But we were both obviously Disney nuts and comic fans, and we could not wait to see this movie. And I remember we had a family outing. Roger Rabbit was going to be the movie the whole family was going to go see. So we were forbidden to go see it. But like on opening night, we had to go. Right. Yeah. yeah. We had to go. We just had to. So Mike and I were like, yeah, we're going to go to the movies. And they're like, okay, but you can't see Roger Rabbit. And that, of course, is what we went and saw. (laughs) And then I tried to lie and say that we saw Red Heat with Jim Belushi (laughs) and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And did they like quizzed you on Red Heat? My dad had seen Red Heat already. Oh, amazing. A flaw in my plan. And so, yeah, he asked me some trivia questions about Red Heat that I couldn't answer. And he knew I was lying. But my card is right after Judge Doom says, Remember me, Eddie? When I killed your Your brother, brother. (laughs) I talked just like this. And then his little eyeballs pop out like knives. Oh, it's and boing. so fucking scary. Still scary even today looking at that. It's terrifying. And he's here he is with his eyeballs bulging out of his Christopher Lloyd face. It's horrifying. And it actually says on it, boing, is the, uh, <laughs> is the caption. Yeah, so the little picture of baby Herman on the back. I like that in the 90s or the late 80s, 90s, boing could refer to A, a Wayne and Garth. Boing, my yeah, dick. Yeah, like a swing, or like a like, boner noise. Or boing, 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 Or knives coming out of your eyeballs. Yeah, like either, those either like one. Those things. are the two, one of those two yeah. things. Either way, you're getting stabbed. What's on the back there? The back is a delightful picture of baby Herman. Great. It says, close up, Judge Doom's cartoon eyes bulge out of their sockets. He takes his rubber gloves off and his hand becomes an anvil. How can Eddie fight such a monster? This is one of these weird things with trading cards where it's so weird. Why talk about the anvil hand if the image is... Knife eyes. Knife eyes are perfectly cool to talk about, but they're talking about anvil. Yeah, they don't they're even mention. An- they don't even mention. The they knife say his eye. cartoon eyes bulge out of their sockets, but they don't refer to them as a knife. Yeah, I guess that was too violent. But you know, being bludgeoned with an anvil <laughs> was fine. Well, speaking of uh, eyeballs bulging, I love this so much. This is Eddie Valiant driving Benny the cab, and they're about to crash, and they're both looking like very scared. But Roger's eyes go 
out so far that they actually go through the entire length of the card. Yeah. So he's on the left side of the card, and his eyes reach all the way to the right <laughs> side of the card. I mean, that's a hilarious Tex Avery-style exaggeration. And the card caption is, look out! Oh, yeah, they really drew it out there for effect. <laughs> oh, yeah. These are doing it. This is why not just I, anybody can write these sorts of things, ladies and gentlemen. It's you right. You have to know how many O's Going to put out. in. To, oh. I hope somebody timed it. They had like a stopwatch. Like, oh, time. Oh. Okay, that's definitely five O's. <laughs> and look at this. So this is a drawing of Jessica Rabbit. And understandably, her waistline is very small. But when you look at it in this image, it looks like weird, like almost noodly, I would say. Well, you know what's funny is, okay, so that image of Jessica Rabbit is, she's very much a cartoon. Right. You know, she's right. very cartoony. Her, her body proportions are very cartoony. But that's how Rob Liefeld draws what are supposed <laughs> to be realistic women. Sure. Where it looks like you broke the spine and pulled the buttocks back. Right. And, you know. You've it's got like so this weird. weird sway. I think first because of the shading and because of some other tricks, you don't notice it as much in the actual film stills. But mm-hmm. in this image, it's like, oh, her waist is way too small. That's crazy. She's got hip dysplasia. Exterior, L.A. Street, day. The mad chase continues. Hey, mad. Hey, there's a theme. But suddenly at the end of a street, Benny's path is cut off by a streetcar. Roger Rabbit's eyes bulge out as the streetcar looms before them. Man, so Bob you Hoskins was so good in this, so good. Bob Hoskins is so good in anything. Like, I know. I, he's good in everything. He's even good in fucking uh, Super Mario Brothers, his worst movie. <laughs> but he's good. It's not his fault. Oddly enough, Dennis Hopper's best movie. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say, speaking of Bob Hoskins, yeah. what a perfect segue. Yeah, it's Lou. It's it. like you planned this. Ooh. My second card is Jessica meets Valiant in his office. So you have a very, I don't know any other way to say this than... Uh, boobalicious picture of, oh, of yeah. Jessica. Oh, yeah. Well, Her this side is the, boob is well, really on display. Well, this is the this is the scene where she says, I'm not bad, I'm just drawn that way. Right. So she's, yeah. you know, and for- And they catch uh, Eddie with his pants down, literally. Yeah, and, and in this card, in this trading card for children, yeah. Eddie Valiant has his shirt off. It's true. So you get a nice shot of- yeah, uh, for the young ladies of his, who uh, yeah, you know, like, in- or, or the young men who enjoy a nice bear. That's right, You know, yeah. he's, he's a very hairy man, Bob sex, Hoskins. and sex uh, symbol. Eddie Valiant. Uh, you know what? Why did they never make a poster of this? That's true. Of just him standing there with bare-chested with a tie. <laughs> <laughs> they should have. This that is... should have been the cover of Playgirl magazine. Oh, this is so fantastic. Who doesn't love them some Bob Hoskins? <laughs> so the back of the card has the please pose of Roger. Interior, Valiant's office, night. Jessica Rabbit confronts Eddie Valiant and tells him she is an innocent pawn. Eddie doesn't believe her. He thinks she's trying to set up Roger again. He gives her the cold shoulder. Yeah. That's like P.I. speak. He gives her a cold shoulder, but then, well, I don't know if that's actually accurate that he gives her the cold shoulder. Look at how hairy this man is. He's never had a cold shoulder in his life. That's very true. (laughs) His shoulders are nice and warm. I've got our last card here, which I love the weasels. This is similar to the last card, similar sequence. The weasels are about to ram into Benny the Cab, and we're seeing it from the weasel's perspective. So they're in the car together, and we see Benny through their windshield screaming. The caption is, we got him this time. Oh, that's right before they do the... Do the sprint. And and their eyes all bulge out into the windows, right? Yeah, the eyes bulge out into the window. And then Benny does the springs in his his tires. This is such a good movie. Exterior alley day. The Toon Squad wagon enters the alley coming straight at Benny. The motorcycle cops are directly behind him. There's nowhere to go. Benny tells Roger to pull the lever. I love that weasel in the straitjacket. Yeah, he's the best weasel, straitjacket weasel. I think so. He was... uh... I love that his eyes kept changing color. 
right, you know, yeah. like had that uh, you would see like something that would hypnotize you and right, yeah, like, like the rings like, like the continuously, sna- like the snake in Jungle Book. Oh yeah, when like Kaz doing the right. trust in me, you know, mm-hmm. hypno hypno dance. So we're talking about Disney stuff. You're a Disney fan. I think we've established your cred. Tell us about Darkwing Duck. This is not a mere dalliance. You're writing Darkwing Duck. You're a prolific comics writer. You've written for a lot of different titles. You've written for Warcraft comics, right? Yeah, I did a I did a World of Warcraft comic. But this is but Darkwing Duck is special to you. You've taken this property to multiple companies. You love Darkwing Duck. You're the guy. You know, I was a huge fan of the show. I would come home from school and my brother and I would sit down and watch, you know, all the Disney afternoon stuff from the beginning. But there was something special about Darkwing when it came on. I mean, we had loved DuckTales. You know, I had read tons of Carl Barks, Scrooge comics when I was a kid. So DuckTales was right up my alley. And then when Darkwing came out, it, it married these two things that I was into, which was, you know, the Disney Duck characters and superheroes, which right. I was reading at the time. So it was just this perfect mesh. Plus, it, it had more of a Warner Brothers sensibility to its humor. In the than... 90s, that was the direction that a lot, even Disney was starting to take on that style. Gag-based, more a fourth wall breaking and more pop culture references and things even D- disney which was which had held out i think for a long time on that style of humor definitely embraced it by that point yeah that was their first their first show where they really kind of did that sort of what we call meta now but right that really embraced that type of humor and then of course when aladdin came out they just with robin williams as the genie they just went all out right i think on an episode of the aladdin tv show genie even turned into darkwing duck at one point that's pretty great yeah i used to watch that show the aladdin saturday morning show yeah when uh, when pretty- when Megavolt good. became the genie, because... Yeah, uh, <laughs> and Iago was a member of their team yeah. for some reason. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I guess people liked Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, because, you know. because they could get Gilbert Godfrey, yes. but they could not get Robin Williams. It was the summer of Godfrey. But you know, they got to replace Robin Williams. I believe it was Stan Castanella. Canta- yeah, who yeah, played Megavolt on Darkwing. And I think, I don't know, what's he done since then? I don't know that I don't know that he's done any voice work since then. It seems, Dan uh, Castanella? seems weird sure that he's, he's just dropped something. off the face of the he's earth. He's done and... some video game. You know he's oh, he got a side has. And You're by right. the way, You're he's right. still the lead character <laughs> in the longest running TV what, what show is that? of all time. Uh, Family Ties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us about the Darkwing Duck adventures I can read that you've written. What are some things that Darkwing is doing in your universe? You, and you work with a very talented artist, too, James Silvani. James is amazing. What we've done with Darkwing is we picked up, if you've read Darkwing Duck, the definitively dangerous edition, we pick up about a year after the show. Great. And Darkwing has not been a crime fighter for much of that year. There's a big corporation that's moved in, kind of like OC and RoboCop, and right. taken over everything, including crime fighting. Ah, they're going to put Darkwing out of business. They're going to put Darkwing out of business. And Goslin's in an expensive school for spirited youngsters. <laughs> so Drake is having to work in a cubicle. And <laughs> just got this cubicle job. He's a data accounts networking officer. <laughs> and he shares a cubicle with Megavolt, who's on a work furlough. Great. So that's where so we sort start of an off. Incre- there's sort of a little bit of an incredible spin on Darkwing. Yeah, there's a sense. lot of influences. There's some Robocop. There's some Incredibles. There's, of course, Frank Miller, because we right. called the first arc the Duck Knight Returns. Great. But, you know, he's not like drinking and right. depressed. He's, I mean, he's depressed. He's not, he's not drinking. He's not in drinking. This, in, no, this, he's, Disney, <laughs> in this Disney book, comic, no, no, he's not. Uh, not murdering uh, criminals. Yeah, not, not shattering blood. people's pelvises, right. you know, and, and saying, you know, he'll, he'll walk again, maybe, you know. <laughs> so he basically, they're all working for this huge corporation, Quackworks, and Darkwing discovers that there's something sinister going on behind the scenes with this company. So he has to come out of retirement. And from there, we kind of pick up the story. So that was the first book that we did when we were doing it through Boom. And then Joe Books has recently collected it and with like a completely remastered edition. 
called the Definitively Dangerous Edition, <laughs> which if you haven't read it, you can find it on Amazon or, you know, you're better, obviously prefer At that you go com- to local comic book stores. Local better, comic book stores like, local Meltdown, comics, like, like Meltdown, Meltdown Comics, comics in who, by Los the way, Angeles. has some Darkwings here, I know, because I signed some. So they obviously have excellent taste in get comics. Get those. Get those when you're coming to Meltdown to get your free trading cards from Tupac. Go pick up a Darkwing. It's a great book. Yeah, you pick up the story. Then the license was taken from Boom due to various issues that had nothing to do with Marvel. Uh, <laughs> no matter what you've heard, it had nothing to do with Marvel. But a couple years later, a new publisher named Joe Books picked up the license. We got to do the reprint, the Definitively Dangerous Edition, and then we got to do a new series. The first trade, which came out, I think, like a week and a half ago, which collects issues one through four, and that, that first trade is called Orange is the New Purple. Yeah. So that picks up where the omnibus left off. That's great. So all new adventures of Darkwing, continuing from the show. If you love the show as I did, I used to be a big Disney afternoon guy, I would watch DuckTales, your Chippendales, your Gummy Bears, your Bonkers, your Marsupilamis, all your ones. All the, I'm very familiar. And your, of course, your, Darkwing your, your quack packs? My quack packs, my goof <laughs> troops. I love these books and I'm so glad that you're fighting the good fight and keeping Darkwing in the pop consciousness. He's a great character. It's a really funny universe. It's a really funny universe and it's a neatly constructed universe that Tad Stones and his team came up with when they created the show because you can kind of do any type of story in Darkwing's universe. Seven and eight, which are going to be out soon, that's our first horror story. We basically did a zombie horror story. Oh, that's great. Um, so, you know, we got to do some kind of spooky, scary <laughs> stuff. And then um, hopefully if the series is renewed past eight, the trade sells well, we'll get to do the the scary Quacker Jack story that I want to do. So two scary stories in a row, but very different in tone. Speaking of scary... Trade! It's time for trades. And the scary part is I don't have a lot of great things to trade. All right, I always let guests initiate trades. Are there, are there any of my mad cards that you would like to trade for? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the naked butt mad card. Ooh, <laughs> it's a funny image. It's it a is. funny image. Oh, this is a tough, that's a tough one. That's a tough call. Well, let's do a sex trade. So how about that Jessica for? Oh, you uh, want the shirtless Eddie Valiant with shirtless, Jessica? Shirtless yeah. Valiant with Jessica. All right. That's one of, maybe one of the hottest trades we've done here. <laughs> we should we trade Alfred E. Newman's butt for Eddie for Valiant's, Eddie Valiant's chest. bare chest. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty sexy stuff here. I'm wondering if I can get that Roger Rabbit eye bulge card from yes. you. Yes. Oh, the oh with Roger doing Roger it. Roger doing it as opposed to as opposed uh, to Judge Doom. Any of these mad cards strike your fancy? I think I'll go with mad number one. It's a classic. I figured you were going to want mad number one. Yeah, that's Come a classic. On. Come on here. That's good stuff. Well, speaking of good stuff, it was good having you here. Thanks it was so- fun. I had a lot of fun. This I is- had a lot of fun, too. Thanks for uh, stopping by, Aaron, training some cards with me here. Absolutely. Anytime. I'd like to thank Meltdown Comics, as always, for hosting the show and for Mason in the booth, keeping it real. Fighting the good fight. Well, Mason's on it? fleek, as Let's, the kids say. They do say that about Mason yeah, specifically. They do. Specifically, that was, the expression was. A couple of kids Mason. when I was walking in, it was like, "Look at that guy who's super on fleek." <laughs> oh, is that Mason? <laughs> <laughs> Let's end on a classic. You ready? Smile, darn ya, smile. You because know this the great whole world, world is a great world, world after all. Bye, bye, bye. That's all, folks. And they're like, thank goodness, because that song was terrible. Two Packs was produced and engineered by Mason Booker. Opening theme by Matt Myers. Break music by Lee Rosevere. Logo by Kenny Kyle. Like the show? Rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us find new listeners as cool as you. Follow us on Twitter at Two Packs Podcast. That's T-W-O. And me at Jeffrey Golden. That's Jeffrey with a G. Special thanks to Meltdown Comics. I left a bunch of these cards at the store for you to take. I'm your host, Jeffrey Golden. Hey, 
be good to each other. And then on the back, I'm going to take my glasses off because this print is so small and I am so old. Greetings, you mad readers. You're now holding in your mad hands the very first mad issue of MAD. For us, the editors, this is a great occasion. For in the next few moments, you will be one of the many who are deciding the fate of MAD all over the country. Many months ago, we had a meeting in our New York offices of Entertaining Comics. EC. Yeah, EC. We decided we wanted to add another mag to our line. So we met behind locked doors to figure out what our new book would be. Well, we looked through our mail for a lead. We thumbed through our idea files. We paced the floor, beat our heads against the wall, and bit off all our fingernails. Should we do another war mag? No. Plenty of them on the stands already. Another science fiction book? Nah. Market is filled to capacity. A horror book? Nah. Far too many of them around. Romance? Adventure? Western? Nope, nope, nope. We were tired of the war, ragged from the science fiction, weary of the horror. Then it hit us. Why not do a complete about face? A change of pace? A comic book. Not a serious comic book, but a comic comic book. Not a floppity, rabbit, giggly, girl, anarchist, teenage-type comic book. (laughs) All those darn anarchist teenagers (laughs) of the 50s. (laughs) But a comic mag based on the short story type of wild adventure that you seem to like so well. That was it! Immediately, we leaped to our typewriters. We left, I right? like the way this is written, we I leaped, have to yeah, say. I appreciate all the hyperbole. Yes, very much in the Stan Lee style. We leaped to our typewriters, our drawing boards, and our India ink. We worked like a crew of inspired demons. You could mention demons in the yeah. <laughs> in magazines in the 50s? In no time at all, Mad was born. You are now holding our dream child in your hands. We had a swell time creating Mad, and we hope that Mad will have a long, successful life. It will. It will. Yeah, longer than any other humor magazine. It's really astounding feat that it's lasted this long, and good on them. They produce a lot of great work. We've had some Mad contributors on the show, like Kenny Kyle, and they do great work. I wish that the package around served the young talent better. That's my thing. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.